Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It's that time. It's wrestlers with experience time with your host, Dietrich Davis. As you know, Mark Morell co-host is working on other shows and we will be finally coming back together to be doing joint shows. Once again, we just know that the world of COVID has taken us by storm and we live in New York City. So we trying to be extra safe, but never miss a piece of content for you. As I said just before, my name is Dietrich Davis publicly known as Diamond Head, publicly known as, excuse me, King Bumaye, the world boys, publicly known as the giant. And if you don't know what that means, that means global icon and national treasure. Yes, Steve Austin, I'm taking that from you. That shit belongs to me. I'm going to be talking to you guys. We're coming close to the end of the year. Me and Mark are very proud. We're we're approaching the point of 150 episodes with this particular podcast. I'm very proud of this show. I'm very proud of our, our, our listenership. I'm going to turn this into viewership. And me and Mark are truly, I I couldn't ask for a better tag team partner in the world of podcasting about wrestling than uh, I don't call many other people my brother than my uh, brother from another mother, Mark Morell, a.k.a. the Night Buster, a.k.a. the Renaissance Man, a.k.a. Um, there was another name he used to go by in the wrestling world. I'll save that for another day. Um, but I truly appreciate us making it this far. I remember at one point we had 10 episodes and I was like, Jesus Christ, are we going to make it? And as people listen to podcasts, you know that making it past 20 or 50 episodes, as as much as they say there are 7 million podcasts in the world, not even half of them make it past 50. And I'm very proud to say that we we are creeping up on 150 before this year is out. And I think that's earned for a celebration. I want to give, make sure you guys give a special congratulations to Mark Morell. When you listen to this, he definitely, he got his master's degree. He accomplished it. He knocked it out the park. So that is a, that is a round of applause. I don't have a round of applause sound effect. But if I did, this would be the time to run that sound effect for him. But um, with that being said, it is... Uh, I'm I'm grateful that we made it this far. No, we don't got 50,000 listeners. We got a few thousand, and I'm proud of that. But we're going to definitely grow this show as much as possible. We are, there's ideas and processing, and I want to definitely do, like if you guys heard me say it before, a heavy visual element that I want to add exclusively to podcasts that have visual um, aids that you can watch the show, but not necessarily used to YouTube. Um, iTunes is definitely the future and I'm sticking with that. With that being said, let me get on to the topic of today's episode. And I'm going to ask a question. And I said this to Mark maybe a few months ago, but someone did like a little YouTube episode about this. And I'm going to say this term. It's not bashing Braun Strowman as you read the title, but this is the reason why you're listening to this episode. Is Braun Strowman the new big show? You know, it takes a lot to be a major name in the WWE and no disrespect to the big show, a.k.a. Paul White, a.k.a. the uh, the second giant in wrestling history. He literally, it's like a person with the name, the giant in wrestling history. 
but he's not a joke. But there is a element that comes with the big show that since he left WCW, he could be a bad guy in the first hour and a heel in the next hour and a good guy in the next hour. He could be face Monday and next Monday. And then by the time you got the raw, by the time you got the SmackDown, he was definitely a, um, a, a heel. <laughs> so big show has switched heel and face or bad guy and good guy more times than you can imagine. You get what I'm saying? But I want to talk about the good things before we get into the details about John Braun Strowman. And he is still salvageable. He's not completely damaged property. Let me say that. But let me just run off some things that I wrote down that I think. And this is the things that I think he got going for himself. He's built like a champion. He's damn near seven feet tall. He's agile and athletic as fuck. He's good on the microphone. Former universal champion. And he does have an it factor. But there are a lot of things Braun Strowman got going against him. Lack of lack of a stable storyline. He never has that. He um he never looked like a face or a heel. He uh he has damaged titles after he got them. We'll talk about that later on in the episode. Um they don't book him with talent that works well with him. The company has failed him. What was the other thing I wrote down here? Used only as a placeholder. And I think Vince doesn't completely believe in him. Let me take a sip of my drink. For those who don't know, today I'm sipping on some Jack and Coke. Now, with that being said, we have to, you have to, Braun Strowman, let me put my little bit of notes away because was, that was the only thing that I wanted, I didn't want to forget. But Braun Strowman, you have to, he has to be curated properly for WWE television and wrestling in general. He has he's no short on accolades. We know that he's a one time universal champion, one time WWE Intercontinental Champion. He was the Raw Tag Team Champion two times, one time with Seth Rollins, one time with the young man Nicholas. He won the greatest Royal Rumble, which they should have kept that going and have him defend that title at every greatest Royal Rumble until he lost it. But obviously things happen and you know, that sweet Saudi Arabia money is in a different position right now. He was the 2018 Monies in the Bank. He is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, Memorial Battle Royal winner. And he has a WWE Year in Award for Male Superstar of the Year. Now, let me tell you something. There's a lot more accolades that Strowman has that people don't even know, talk about that's outside of the world of wrestling that can be used to market him on a large scale. He's an Arnold Amateur Strongman Champion of uh, Championships 2012. He was a monster of Midland, winner, 2010. He was the NAS U.S. Amateur National Champion, winner. He's a Summerfest Strongman winner, 2011. And he's the West Cary Four Festival of Power winner. He is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. He is literally not a joke. And if we all know, he dates Kamala Kane over at uh, the, NW, the uh, NWA wrestler Kamala came by right there still together. He don't have a lackluster situation. The problem is, is how they present Braun Strowman and how they market him. When he was WWE Universal Champion, his reigns 
His reign as WWE Universal Champion was quite lackluster. We know that he got the belt because he was an afterthought when Roman Reigns wasn't going to pin Goldberg at WrestleMania because of the COVID situation and WrestleMania being delayed several weeks. And they gave him the champion. And when he won the championship, though we all knew Braun Strowman was an afterthought champion and a placeholder champion, as you remember I read off my list, Braun fucking Strowman to us, was a legitimate WWE Universal Champion. Now, here's my issues with all of this. They refused to book him right. There was enough people on SmackDown right now to give him strong uh, six strong months as WWE Universal Champion. No disrespect to him, but he wasn't booked right. He had a feud with The Miz. He had a feud with Miz and Morrison upon Morrison's return and so on and so on and so on and so on. To me, he's the monster that never was. You you say he's the monster among men and you had a feud with him at one point with him and Roman Reigns. I mean, Roman Reigns were going at each other. And you had him flipping over cars and you had him doing this and you had him doing that and you had all of these elements. But you did not have him truly be the monster and what bugs me about this whole scenario is that wwe knows how to book the monster they have mastered the art of booking a monster they have mastered the art of making big men look like big men and they did that well with braun Strowman. but during the 16 17 18 19 periods there was a time that there was the right time to put a title on him and they missed that opportunity Braun Strowman, without a doubt, had a had a fan relationship like no other that they was trying to give to Roman Reigns by force feeding him to us. And it wasn't working. Another issue, another thing, excuse me for a second. Another thing you got to really think about is that um, he might need to be back in a faction. And I think this is the right time to put him back with Bray Wyatt and use him to protect Bray Wyatt, but use Bray Wyatt to protect him. And I want you guys to hear me out as I break this down. Bray Wyatt as the Fiend is the biggest gimmick since the creation of The Undertaker. As the Fiend character gets older, the like the Undertaker's character, it will become one of the greatest characters, excuse me, one of the greatest characters ever created since the creation of The Undertaker, like you heard me just say. But he needs protection and the fiend should not even be wrestling as regular old Bray Wyatt week to week. My personal opinion, I think the fiend needs this is to me. I think he needs Bray Wyatt at this point and you can use Bray Wyatt to wrestle him. You can use Bray Wyatt as if the way they use Kofi Kingston, um, Kofi Kingston, Big E and Xavier Woods with the tag team championships. They did this once before with Bradshaw and Orlando Jones, where Orlando Jones wrestled once or twice as the WWE champion in representation of uh, Bradshaw. And if you do this with Braun Strowman, you can make him look like the WWE Universal Champion or WWE Champion. And... You could also have it where you're protecting Bray Wyatt as champion. You get what I'm saying? So Braun Strowman can eat a pin and cost Bray his title. 
the fiend his title, but he can also win every Monday Night Raw and every SmackDown or so on and so on, depending on which brand that they were on for him and representing him as if he is using the spirit of the fiend through the monster among men, the brave, the, 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 the monster among men, Braun Strowman. You can use him as a marketing protection. You can sell them in two packs as toys. If you buy Braun, you got to buy, you get Strowman. You get this, you get that. You can sell them in three packs, him, him, and, and what's her name together. So you can use Braun Strowman in that element. And you get to use him every week on Raw. You get on, you get Bray every week on Raw, but you can put Bray as a world champion and have him stand in as his champ, as his wrestling spirit, for lack of a better term, to wrestle the Monday Night Raws and the SmackDowns for him and then do this, that, and the other and let Bray step in when it comes to world title matches and Bray only has to wrestle 12 times a year. And if you want, you could put the tag team titles on them, which Bray and Braun would be phenomenal tag team champions. This is how you build Bray, you protect Bray, and then eventually you can do a true Fiend versus Bray. But you can get away with this for two to three years, just the way that they got away with the New Day for two to three years. And then it will come a point where you can probably get a WrestleMania main event where it is the monster amongst men men versus the fiend and Bray Wyatt can properly eat a pin. That's just my personal opinion. You can keep him protected with Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. The Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss, amazing chemistry. Braun Strowman and Alexis Bliss amazing chemistry put those three together and you got nightmare personified on a marketing scale like no other it is one of the greatest and best marketing elements that they can do in wwe everybody thinks they could be a booker i'm not saying i'm a booker what i'm saying is i know how to make money and those three banded together can be a money-making situation. And, you know, and, and this is a way to recover him. This is a way to save Braun Strowman. This is the way to say, hey, we could take Braun Strowman and make him huge. We can make him big. We can do something for him. The WrestleMania after Goldberg versus Strowman let us know that yes, we finally got him as WWE Universal Champion. We got him as a world's champion, but he's really not the champion. And the mistake this company has done with Bray Wyatt time in and time again was making him the face. He should have never been a face any time in his life. He should have never been the good guy. He should forever be a heel. People love him. Let him be the hero they love to hate. And you don't need 50 anti-heroes. He doesn't need to be an anti-hero. He needs to be a heel. That's the issue with Braun. That they won't make a decision on him. And that's what makes him Braun Strowman. Because you got to remember, after he lost the WWE Championship, they had him on Raw Underground. He takes on two wrestlers. You know that's a heel move. Then you have him take on the heel and beat him clean on Raw Underground. Raw Underground could have been Braun's show. You could have had it where he was angry that he lost the WWE Championship and that he was running roughshod on everyone. 
And then you could have took that WWE 24-7 championship and brought that down to Raw Underground and had it where it's only defended in matches in Raw Underground. And you could have gave Braun that 24-7 championship, redesigned the belt, make it look big, look, make it look beautiful. I don't even think they should have called it the Raw Underground. I think they should have called it the War Zone because at one point it was Monday Night Raw, Hour 1. And it was the show was called Roar's War, and Roar was our one, War was our two. And that should have been the war zone. And they could have got away with so much, and Raw Underground had so much potential. But when you had Braun Strowman beat the big dude, I forget his name in there, it eliminated the value of the show. It gave it no fucking purpose. That should have been Braun Strowman's show to get him over. It should have been Braun Strowman's show to give him that attitude that we needed. And he had to be healed the whole time. You could have used that one show if not to rebuild anyone. That would be Braun Strowman. When you had the Hurt Business end on Raw Underground, you could have had Braun Strowman go through everybody in the Hurt Business. You could have got six months worth of feuds between those four men. It was something to do. And then you could have brought Usman in and have him join the Hurt Business and have him work with Bray and have him give Bray his first loss. See, the beautiful part about the Raw Underground, it did not need a pay-per-view. It did not need to be a part of SummerSlam or anything. It could have been its own isolated show. But it was branded wrong. Raw Underground was wrong. It should have been the War Zone. It should have been a cage-like element to it. There was so much more that they can do with it. And it was so and, and it was a perfect brand mix between UFC and this, that, and the other, and not using ropes. It takes a different wrestling skill to wrestle without ropes. And I think they could have they could have worked that out. They could have made it work. You could have built a lot of superstars through that. But they chose not to. And instead. Braun Strowman became the face and it destroyed him and it didn't work for him. And then his look changed and it didn't work for him. He shaved his hair. He's coming out looking like an a, a, a oversized G.I. Joe. He should have changed gradually the more and more he was a part of Royal Underground. The, his look, the change of his look should have happened as a part of the storyline of Braun Strowman being a part of the Raw Underground. You could have created a belt down there. He could have been that champion. He didn't have to go back to Raw. He didn't have to go back to SmackDown. And that's personally how I'd have protected Braun. And I'd have gave Raw Underground a full year to work with Braun. You could because him being the only former world heavyweight champion down there, if I'm right at the time, he could it could have been said, hey, this is the former WWE Universal Champion, the former Intercontinental Champion, two-time WWE Champion, the greatest Royal Rumble Champion, Money in the Bank winner, Andre in the Giant Battle Royal, WWE Year in Male Superstar of the Year, and you could have turned that into the marketing. 
You could have went into his documented past of Braun Strowman being a part of the Arnold, the Arnold Swart, the Arnold um, Amateur Strongman Championships. You could have had so many accolades built around him, the same way they built Brock Lesnar with using the UFC. And Braun Strowman could have been that motherfucking dude. But you took away Raw Underground, you packaged him wrong, he's redesigned wrong, and now he's lost in limbo trying to rebuild himself to look like that superstar we know him to be. It's frustrating, and it shouldn't be like that. But unfortunately, that's the situation. I was going to beat you guys' heads off too much with this. I just felt it was something I need to get off my chest and something I need to talk about. And maybe the powers that be, maybe someone listens to this podcast and may go, you know what? Let's rebrand Raw Underground. Let's call it the War Zone. And let's make Braun that dude. It wasn't the formula that worked. It was them not giving it time to work. Because if I was right, Raw Underground was the most watched segment at one point. Which means the potential was there. And someone did not believe in it. And the generation of creating more content, as the WWE likes to do, this was one time they dropped the ball. With that being said, oh, you know what? There was a match one time in the WWE where it was uh, Owen Hart versus I forget that guy uh, Dan Severin, and they did and they did that in a weird, uh, unique cage match, and it worked. And they recently did a unique cage match that match that was on NXT that was similar with Matt Riddle that worked. And they could have used that element in Raw Underground. Its own type of matches, its own type of cages. We let me tell you something. This generation that watches wrestling today, they've been playing the video game for years. Some people Raw Underground was literally the backstage locker room matches. And they finally found a way to market that where they could have made that in the video games and play sets and this, that, and the other. And somebody just didn't give it a fucking chance. And you could have had four or five superstars just come out of this raw underground thing, a.k.a. what I like to call what they should have called the war zone. And I think they should rebrand this for 2020 and say, hey, look. We had to bring in a new look and D and, and and create that as the black brand. And you have it with as exclusive wrestlers that are just on the on the war zone. It's a new way to do things. And in order for wrestling to grow, innovation must be at the edge and the corner of every turn and every leap that you take. Anyhow, I'm not trying to sound prolific. I'm just speaking my mind. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. I know this wasn't a long one, but I wanted to give you guys some, some something to think about, something to look at. And maybe someone who has the power that be, take this piece of information and get yourself a promotion with the, the, this idea. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's just building a new car for the wheels to ride on. With that being said, I'm your host, Dietrich Davis. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wrestlers with Experience. We'll catch you guys on Monday with new episodes every day. I mean, excuse me, Sunday through Friday, you will have new episodes every day of the week. We guarantee you that. I appreciate you guys very much. I'll catch you guys on the next go around.